Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 220, which we are recording on Wednesday, June 3rd, 2020. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And today we're going to kick things off a wee bit differently. Instead of talking about what we're wearing, we're going to talk a little bit about what we're feeling. So over the last week in America, there has been a lot of civil unrest, a lot of protests, and a lot of people speaking out against racial injustice because of the killing of George Floyd. And we don't want to be silent about that. And we're going to keep it short and just from the heart because that's what we do. And I just want to say that I've been doing my best to educate myself and learn about my white privilege and how I can be a better human since last January when this discussion started in the knitting community. And I'm very grateful that it did start because I wasn't aware of a lot of things about myself and society and the world in general. And this is acting as a very strong reminder that I will never stop learning. My learning is just beginning and it's been over a year. I haven't even dipped my toe in the amount of learning I need to do. And my family has been learning with me and I'm participating in protests here locally and I'm doing all I can to learn and act and to just be quiet and listen. And like Gail, I feel I also have a lot to learn. Uh, We're always learning and hopefully whatever path you choose, there are lots of ways to get there, to to become more anti-racist. There are lots of ways and you can choose a path that is a chap that challenges you. Hopefully if it's reading, if it's protesting, if it's learning in whatever way, hopefully everyone on their own personal path to become more anti-racist will choose something that is a challenge to them because I feel it is a humanitarian issue and I hope that everyone will take this opportunity just to examine their feelings about their own humanity and the humanity of others and push themselves to actively be anti-racist. And there we go. There we go. (laughs) All right. So it's not knitting as usual. It's knitting in addition to everything else that's going on in our world. Exactly. Exactly. So what have you been stalking, Charlene? Well, the first thing, and I didn't talk to you about this. I should have talked to you about this before we podcast. So you weren't cheating on me? (laughs) No, but the first thing that I was going to mention is one that I think you might be mentioning as well. And so if it is, jump right in, because I know that we texted about this one. It's called Yorlin, and it is a pattern by Kate Davis. And in the photographs for this, it's a bright, summery yellow sweater, so it's very attractive. (laughs) Yes, it's (laughs) very pretty. Yeah, it caught my eye right away. And Yorlin is a top-down raglan it's not a negative ease, but it is a close fitting cardigan and it has lace panels running vertically 
down the front and it looks like you knit the body and then the collar and the button band are picked up after you knit the body and i believe it's knit top down as well yeah, and with it has raglan shaping yeah and it has buttons down the whole front of the the fronts are completely buttoned from top to bottom so and it's knit in fingering white so the first thing i have to say is that it's not my favorite construction with the button bands added afterwards but i think possibly in fingering white it might be better i i haven't previously preferred this construction with the added on button bands just because i always felt like the bottom of the sweater where the button bands meet where the ribbing is it always pulls up a little bit yes which is just normal but, but it's so annoying. It is annoying. And I have to say, when I first started knitting, this kind of construction was really common. And I was always picking up these button bands and trying to figure out a way how to avoid that. And it wasn't for many years when I realized, well, that's ribbing. It's going to just pull up a little bit. So it's yeah. never going to be perfect, even if you get the perfect amount of stitches. And I would always rip out my stitches and try again, thinking, oh, I have not enough stitches there. And then I would add more stitches and it would flare a little bit. So I could never win and I could never quite get it. And like I said, it took me a couple years before I realized that, well, it's ribbing, it's that's just a fact of ribbing. It's going to pull in just a little bit. It's never going to be perfect. So that's never been my favorite construction since then. But I noticed that with fingering weight, at least in the pictures, it doesn't look as noticeable as it does with larger yarns. <laughs> yeah. So I would it, agree. Yeah. So... The other thing is that it's when I look at it, raglan, top down, I keep thinking, well, this is a fairly basic style and I must have something similar to it already in my library, but I haven't found anything that's oh. quite like it, but I think it's really cute. So, it's super cute. Yeah. So this one might be in my future. And I'm pretty sure the yarn she uses is one of her own yarn or kate davies yarn it is that she produces yeah but i think it's also a non-superwash yarn and that was the first thing i thought when i saw the sweater was this is a perfect type of sweater for non-superwash yarn and oh, superwash okay. as well but i have some sweater quantities of non-superwash in my stash that i think might be perfect for the sweater i wonder so I if i have enough of my biche bouche yarn that's what i was thinking. <laughs> exactly yeah i'm gonna have to check that out i think i probably yep. would have enough hmm. yeah i haven't looked at my stash volume compared to the pattern requirements but that's the first thing i thought of cool so you might have helped me just while <laughs> we're stocking match something up that would be fun so that and i is, love her patterns yeah in yeah. general yeah they're yeah. always really well written 
So that is Yorlin by Kate Davis. And then the second thing that I thought, you know how I always like to pick something that's really fun. This one is called Turn a Turnip Prophet by Tatiana Gregorian. And if you play Animal Crossing, this is the little turnip that are for sale in Animal Crossing. So as soon as, as soon as I saw it, I thought it was cute and it was fun. And it was a free pattern for a while. I don't think it is anymore. No, I don't think it is anymore. But the pattern is listed on Ravelry for only a dollar. So if you like that kind of thing, for a dollar, you can make little in real life turnips if you're an Animal Crossing fan. <laughs> <laughs> and this or one is for your children. Yeah. And this one is knit. It's not crocheted. A lot of the little Animal Crossing toys listed on Ravelry are amigurumi and so they're crocheted. But this one is a knit turnip. <laughs> so that is Turn a Turnip Profit by Tatiana Gregorian. And then the last thing I am stocking, let me open it up on Ravelry. It's called Inez Balleron, and it is by Anne Rigord. And I can't remember how I found this one. It might have been, was it in the hot right now? It probably wasn't in the hot right now because this is from December of 2019. So I'm not sure how I found this one. Oh, maybe I was just looking at t-shirts because it's that time of year where it's a good time to be knitting the t-shirt type garment, except that this one is two fingering weights held together. So it may not be so practical because one of them that they use in this is a mohair silk blend, which I think might be a little hot right now. Yeah. But it is really cute. It's called, like I said, Inez Balleron, and it is a also a top-down, but it looks like it's a circular yoke, and the yoke has a lace pattern to it. And the bottom, no lace. Bottom is just stockinette stitch. So top-down, pretty basic. And interesting this sample for this one is also knit in yellow i didn't that didn't occur to me when i was writing out my show notes but for some reason i'm attracted to the yellows <laughs> that happens or maybe lots of people are knitting their samples in yellows that could be Ooh, maybe yeah well i think yellow was in the color palette there is a yellow i believe i'd have to go back I and don't look remember. at that yeah i'm not I'm not positive. I'm sure there is in the spring palette. Yeah. Yeah. So, Inez Valron by Anne Rigord. What are you stalking, Gail? Well, Yorlin was at the top of my list, as you guessed. (laughs) But I'm also stalking two other sweaters, both for myself. And they're both from the newest Pom Pom Quarterly, which is the spring 2020 issue. And this is the first time I've ever purchased a Pom Pom Quarterly. I ordered mine from Jimmy Bean Wool, Jimmy Bean's Wool, because it was right after Shelter in Place started, so I couldn't go to a local yarn store. And there are several patterns in it that I really, really like, but the first one, which was the reason I purchased 
the little book, and it's a very nice book too, since it's the first time I've ever seen one. They are not quite eight and a half by 11 books with a really nice cover, really nice paper, really nice printing. Nice. It's a really nice high quality little magazine. Mm-hmm. And the cover pattern is Susurus by Hohi Locatelli. And you can only get these patterns in Pom Pom Quarterly. You can't purchase them individually. So that's a limited, uh, that's the only way to get them. But Susurus is a striped top-down circular yoke pullover and it's stripes of mohair silk lace with fingering and the fingering stripes have a lace pattern in them so it's a top-down and you start with the lace mohair held doubled with the fingering so that you have some substance to the collar and then you drop the fingering and just continue in mohair and then you switch from the mohair to the fingering that's a contrast color for your lace stripes. And it's really pretty. It sounds confusing. Lace yarn, lace stripes. But <laughs> the lace yarn is stuck in it. The fingering weight yarn is a lace pattern. Yeah, and I the, love this one. I think it's isn't beautiful. It I think it's yeah. absolutely beautiful. And the version she knit for the magazine is light pink and natural off-white color really pretty combination really pretty combo yeah and the theme for this issue is airy so a lot of the patterns have an open airy type of fabric and the cover model who is also the model for many of the patterns in the book is in a wheelchair so yay to them for showing different people in different ways in their magazine it was very nice to see that. And I already have some yarn picked out for this pattern. I have Neighborhood Fiber Company Loft, which is their mohair silk blend in a gray color. And I think I'm going to use for the fingering Uncommon Thread, which I've had in my stash for probably eight or nine years, in a colorway called Leaden, which is a blue-gray. That's really, really pretty. So initially I had thought I was going to do pink and off-white or something too, (laughs) but I saw a version of someone who did the sweater in like a morning dove color with gray and it was so pretty that I instantly, yeah, was stash diving for that color combination. So that's probably the combination I'll use. And then the second thing I'm stocking from Pom Pom is the Salasta sweater and it's a pattern by the Dyer kindred red and that's her name in ravelry so i'm not sure if that's the name of her dyeing company or I if think it's it also is. her name i think it is is it also her name though oh I don't know. no that's not her her it's okay. her ravelry her name, name but it's not her okay. actual name yeah okay that's what it's how it's listed in the pattern page so this one is super cool it's knit in alpaca like a brushed alpaca lace weight yarn but I'm going to use mohair and it is a top-down circular yoke sweater that is just a single strand of the lace weight and you marl it by holding together little tiny bits of yarn so her idea when she designed the sweater was as a yarn dyer she has all these little yarn ties laying around everywhere so when people dye yarn they have to tie it off several places around 
the hank of yarn before they dye it to hold it all together so it doesn't get tangled. So she has all these little dyed bits of yarn everywhere and she wanted to use them. So basically you tie this little scrap of yarn to your mohair, you knit however many stitches with this little scrap held doubled, and then you tie it off at the end and then you just keep knitting with the mohair. So you marl in little bits of yarn ends throughout your sweater to give it this really cool marled look. So I was instantly thinking, oh, that's really cool. And what a really lightweight. Cool. Yeah, it's a really pretty sweater. So you actually, so you tie each little piece in? Yep. Oh. Yeah. See, I was just thinking that maybe you just knit it along and then weave in the ends. Nope. You just but tie it. There's because going to be knots. Okay. Yeah, because I think with the mohair silk lace, how would you weave in the ends without it showing? Well, but with all those little pieces, does it matter? How is it not going to show? <laughs> well, I've looked at every single finished one, and you can't see any little bits sticking up or oh, through okay. the fabric. Okay. So I guess if you we were to weave it in, you'd weave it in on itself. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be experimenting and seeing because I instantly went stash diving and... I have some scraps in different shades of pink of silk mohair. And then I also got some from Hazelnits that is a color called Midge. And it's basically mauve with a little bit of brown in it, like a little bit of tonality. Uh -huh. And I can fade my pink scraps towards the mauve color, which I'll use for the majority of the sweater. So I'm going to marl the top with these little bits of yarn and then fade it down to this more tonal color that will be the bottom part of the sweater. Cool. And it has a split hem and it has very voluminous sleeves. So basically there's no shaping to the sh sleeve until you do the cuff and then it pulls it in. Oh, I see. And yes. I don't think I'll do that because bell sleeves kind of bug me. They get stuck in everything. So I'm just <laughs> going to do regular sleeves, I think, but I'm already, I'm, if Charlene can see the video, we're on zoom today. I'm already swatching yeah. in a light pink mohair. So yeah. I'm super excited about this one. It could be really, Excellent. really fun. Yeah. Yeah. That does Hopefully look fun. A disaster. <laughs> just all of the little colored bits I think is really fun. Yeah. So I'm going to go around and collect colored bits today because I'm going on vacation in two days. So this is going to be my vacation knitting because talk about lightweight, super lightweight to carry around. So I just need to find all the bits and I'm excited. So hopefully I'll be casting this on super, super soon. Excellent. All right. So what have you been knitting? Is that the only thing you're stocking? Sisurus and Solasta. Oh, and you already true. talked about your Yarlin. That's true. So there we go. <laughs> Okay, what have I been knitting? I cast on the Annabelle blouse right away. And that's the one that I had talked about last episode. I think I was stalking it just last episode. And I cast it on right away after Gail and I finished recording. And that's the one that looks... I think it's kind of like a peasant top, if you know that style that has the gathers around 
the neckline and then has all the folds of fabric that just go straight down without shaping, that's basically the Annabelle blouse. And so I've cast that on and you do, you cast on at the neckline and then in the first two rows you do all the increases for the sleeves and the body. It's all right there in a bunch and the fabric falls in folds for the sleeves and the body and you knit that around. It was over 400 stitches. It's a lot of stitches on the needle until you separate for the sleeves and then you knit down the sleeves and the body in three tubes and that's it. No shaping, just around and around in stockinette. Very fun and easy TV knitting. I don't have to think too much about it, which I was very happy with for the last last couple of weeks when I, <laughs> I don't want to think too much. So it was really easy. Very nice. I liked that. And then the second thing I have been working on is my Breathe in Hope by Casa Pinka. I am still plugging away on that. That was a free pattern couple episodes ago that Casa Pinka offered for the now deferred local yarn store day. And I ca I have cast that on and I think I'm in the middle of somewhere. I think there were nine sections and I think I'm on maybe the fifth section. So I think I'm at least halfway through. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm not positive, but I love the way that one is turning out just because it was so fun to match two single skeins of fingering weight yarn. So I'm very Yay. happy with that. I just need to dedicate some time to it. In other words, take a break from the basic knitting in the round of the Annabelle <laughs> blouse and get back to that. So Breathe in Hope by Casa Pinka. What have you been knitting, Gail? I started and finished a new hat. It's the March hat. I just finished it last night, so it was still on my what am I knitting list when I wrote my show notes. <laughs> the March hat by Megan Babin, and it's one of the Kelborn Woolen Year of Hats patterns. I knit it a while ago for charity, and my daughter Alex's birthday is on Friday. Josie's was on Sunday. She turned 21, and on Friday, Alex turns 26, so they're five days apart, their birthdays are. And Alex asked for another hat. So my daughter, who said, I never wear hats, can't stand them, got another <laughs> hat. So this one I knit in Madeline Tosh Vintage in the cactus colorway, which is much darker than a cactus of what I think of as cactus color. Cactus to me is a lighter green. And this is a very, very dark, basically dark green over dyed with black, I think. And I enjoyed the pattern knitting it for the second time. It was very easy, and this time I modified the pattern to have a folded brim. So the CC copycat beanie that I knit for her and myself a while ago mm -hmm. has a provisional cast on, and then you knit in ribbing for a while, and then you fold it and knit those together. So you have this knit together folded brim that's really nice and squishy. So I modified this pattern to do that as well, because Alex really... Her whole reason for wanting hats is to keep her ears warm yeah. when she's outside. So having the double thickness brim really helps. So that's the March hat by Megan Babin. I'm still working on my Pappas pullover by Midori Hiroshi. And that I've been, like you with Breathe and Hope, I've just been plugging along. 
it gave me some major fits that sweater I'm telling you so as happens to me pretty regularly when the world is kind of in chaos I tried to do something complicated with my knitting which I should not have done <laughs> so <laughs> I tried to explain last time that this is an, a unique construction sweater so you do this provisional cast on and then that is like the underside of the sleeves and then you knit up and you bind off and cast on for the neckline and then you knit some more and then you have to fold those together and do a three needle bind off which is the under part of the sleeve okay and then you knit across the front all the way to the other side and then you three needle bind off that under part of the sleeve and then you knit the back and then you've joined in the round okay so where i went wrong is <laughs> I joined the under part of the sleeves together, but didn't bind them off. So I connected the sleeves under the arm, just like you would for a sleeve, but I didn't bind it off. So the stitches were still live. I just connected it and didn't bind it off. So those stitches stayed live on my needle. And then when you stop joining the stitches from the two sides together, you just knit the front stitches. Well, I had multiple needles involved in this because it was a three needle bind off, but uh-huh. Gail didn't do the bind off part. So I had needles sticking out everywhere. <laughs> I got to the second half and I joined those together and I'm holding it in my hands thinking, what is wrong with the sweater? It's not supposed to look like this. Something's Where are the sleeves? <laughs> oh my gosh. It took me like 12 hours to figure out what I had done wrong. And I thought, oh my gosh, I didn't bind it off. So I had to tink everything back because it's a lace weight sweater Mm. and it's not very sticky yarn. So I didn't want to just pull the needles out because it was going to unravel everywhere and I wouldn't know which stitches were supposed to be where. So I super carefully tinked back all of this complicated three needle stuff that I was doing it took me a full two nights to get it back to where it was (laughs) it was ridiculous so I finally figured it out I finally got it bound off properly and then I just didn't want to touch it so yeah I've been working yeah I've been working on it slowly but it has not taken priority when Alex said she wanted a hat for her birthday I was like right on I'm gonna get a hat (laughs) (laughs) and then there was one other thing I cast on And I immediately ripped it back out. Oh. The Dutch Rabbits Pattern by Rachel Borello Carroll. They are adorable little teeny tiny bunny rabbits Uh that you knit in two colors and scrap yarn. And they're all things cute. And Olivia loves bunnies. So I was going to knit her a bunny and bring it with me when I go to see them next week. I cast that on last night. And it is so much tiny knitting on tiny needles in the round. Oh, it was horrible. Mm. After an hour of fighting with the yarn and my hands were already cramping because I was holding the needle so tightly, I thought, why am I doing this? I'll just buy her a bunny. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to knit my granddaughter sweaters and hats and clothes and buy her toys. (laughs) aren't my thing. So that's what I'm knitting and no longer knitting. Okay. We would like to thank our June sponsor, Lolo Body Care. Hand washing is more important than ever these days. But how are your hands holding up with all that soap and hand sanitizing? If they're getting dry like mine, you need to check out lolobody.com. 
Lolo Body Care has the most effective, long-lasting, best-smelling moisturizers available. Lolo is made for the skin you're in. It deeply moisturizes and penetrates skin, which means it lasts through multiple hand washings. And the Lolo Bar comes in a fabulous tin that you can recycle or refill when empty. With over 30 different scents and two sizes, it will be hard to choose just one. Check out lolobody.com and discover which eco-luscious Lola bar is calling your name. Thank you, Kismet. Charlene and I not only are fans of the Lola bar, but we also love the cuticle stick and the for Pete, not for Pete's sake is the, is what the slogan people use is for feet. For feet sake, sake yes. <laughs> yes, which is a, a balm for your feet that I love, especially in the summertime when my feet get rough. Yeah. So check her out, Lolo Body Care or lolobody.com for Lolo Body Care. So what have you finished since the last episode? <laughs> I have finished my Asagi Top by Bristol <laughs> Ivy. <laughs> yes. So you were talking about a crucial error you made. And now I'm going to be talking about a crucial error I made. And I don't even know what specifically the error was, because this is actually a fabulous pattern. And A, I really like the top itself, the pattern top itself. B, the pattern was extremely well written, and the construction is very cool. But I'm just, I mentioned this last time, I'm just not sure about the combo of my yarn and pattern. Since last episode, I've finished the top, I've washed it, tossed it in the dryer, and though I like the fabric after going through the dryer, I do not know what happened because now the top is about the size of a boxy in width on me and I held it up for Gail before the episode and we both had a good laugh because yeah. it's really big and honestly there's nothing wrong with it but just this particular garment in such an oversized size on me doesn't look good so i will be rehoming this one somehow it'll look great on somebody <laughs> i think it will i think it will i don't you know i didn't have any problems with the pattern itself in fact i really enjoyed the knitting of it so i don't think there's anything wrong with it and i thought i had knit two gauge I'll be honest, I have not checked my gauge after taking it out of the dryer because I figure, what's the point? It's way too big. So <laughs> I know that the gauge just went, boom, went out the window. And perhaps it's just something about the way it washed that it shrunk with, or not shrunk, stretched widthwise. Or maybe because I... The way I washed it, I don't know. It didn't work. I've been really happy with this yarn before when I made my Elizabeth Doherty sweater. What were the two sweaters? Donner. I made Donner's in this and mm -hmm. didn't have the stretching problem on those. So I am not sure 
what happened, but... What was the yarn fiber of the yarn suggested in the pattern, do you remember? It was actually wool. Oh. Which would not be my first choice for, for a, summer, a top. summer top. So I'm going to try it again. <laughs> I'm going to try it again. Yes, I'm going to try it again. But I think I'm going to use Coast. Were you trying to convince yourself just now? No, I really like this top and I really enjoyed knitting it. And it's a really cool pattern the way that it all comes together because you start at the top and it's somehow angled cleverly so that you end up with a high-low hem with a little bit shorter in the front, a little bit longer in the back. However, there are no short rows involved at the bottom, which is how the high-low hem is often achieved in other patterns that yeah. I have knit. And this one, there's some cleverness to it to create that. And the way the pattern is knit is really fun. So I do want to make it again. So and no, that wasn't that wasn't convincing myself. I do want to make it. I'm just pondering what yarn because I think that I will try coast since I haven't had any issues substituting coast in other patterns that have started out 100% wool. So that well, okay, yeah, good. so that may be my next trial. <laughs> so we shall see. So finished Asagi by Bristol Ivy. Have you finished anything, Gail? I have. After we recorded last time and I talked about wanting to knit some hats, I picked the Scrappy Smarled hat. And Tiff Nealon is the designer of that hat. Mm -hmm. And I knit two of them. They were such fast, easy knits. So you basically do corrugated ribbing, or is it twisted ribbing? I think it might be twisted corrugated ribbing for the brim mm -hmm. and then you do a twisted stockinette so you knit one round and then you knit through the back the next round and the first one I knit I didn't read the pattern carefully so it's just stockinette after the brim which looks just fine and then the second one I did follow the pattern so it's a definite different look and these are great stash busters so according to the pattern you're supposed to hold doubled like two DKs and a fingering or a fingering and a DK and two fingerings or something. I don't remember, but I held three fingerings together. I used up some of my single ply fingering scraps and you can go crazy with your color combinations. Yeah, that's and fun. Yeah, it's, it's a really nice pattern. It's super, super easy. And because, because that many strands held double gives you such a thick fabric, you're knitting it on big needles, and I finished the majority of the hat after the brim during our Zoom Yarniax meetup last Saturday. So I'd knit the brim the night before, and then during a two-hour call, I'd knit most of the body of the hat. So that's how quickly they knit up. So I highly recommend the pattern. And the second thing I finished is my Moto Socks by Mara Catherine Briner, and that's a really fun pattern. The second sock just zoomed and 
the first sock, I think I, I stuttered on it a lot because I started it on double pointed needles mm -hmm. and I get ladders when I use double pointed yeah. needles and it just wasn't bringing me joy to knit with double pointed yeah, needles. I, I think understand. I grip them too tightly. <laughs> yeah. It makes my hands cramp. So I switched to a nine inch circ and knit the sock, the second oh. sock completely on a nine inch circ and it flew and it is a DK sock pattern. So it does go quickly and it has a folded hem or folded the hem, folded cuff. So I think I'm going to give these to Alex for her birthday as oh, well. Great. So yeah, I highly recommend the pattern. It's really fun. And I really enjoyed the yarn, which was Knitted Wit DK. And it's just a super pretty speckly yarn in a colorway called Lagoon. So Moto Socks, done. Did you use only one skein? Yes, oh, one nice. skein. And I have some leftover, you know, like a yeah, little, yeah. little leftover nice. bit that'll go into a hat someday. So yeah, highly recommend the pattern. And we have a little bit of School of Knit today in our sweater series. So last time we talked, we were talking about increases, I believe. So increasing for the yoke of a sweater, for a top-down sweater. And then you would come to separating for sleeves. And if you're knitting on a top-down raglan, which is what we have been talking mainly about, although we'll talk a little bit about other kinds, when you separate for the sleeves, you... You've been increasing, so you've been knitting down your the yoke portion of the sweater. And this is where a lot of folks tend to get confused. I got confused in the beginning, too, because you're increasing, you're increasing, and you're thinking, where are my sleeves and where do I go from here? So eventually you should come to a part in the pattern where it has you either count off or put markers in for different well you've already got markers in I should say for the different sections because you'll have markers probably to denote where you're doing increases so the markers should separate your what you have on your circular needle into four areas one would be the body front two would be the sleeves and one would be the body back and you're going to knit around to the sleeve portions and separate those sleeve stitches between the markers onto either scrap yarn or perhaps knit them onto a spare needle. And this is the point where you would want to make sure that you put it onto something big enough like the scrap yarn is long enough or the spare needle is long enough so that if you're going to be trying it on, you want those stitches to be secure. You either want to have a needle, an interchangeable needle that you can put caps on, or if you have it on a longer circular, something that you can put needle stopper or stitch stoppers onto, or the scrap yarn, tie it in a knot because it always happens to me. I think, oh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And I try it on and then stitches fall off somewhere. Yeah. So, <laughs> Every time. Yeah. So now I try to be secure. And that's one of the things that I recommend to anyone else trying this system or trying this way of knitting for 
a, a new as an as a new thing, just make sure that you get those stitches secure. <laughs> because if they're going to find a way to fall off, they are. <laughs> they will. And the first time I ever did a sleeve separation, my mind was completely blown. I just had to go with the pattern and trust it. And someone DM'd me on Ravelry lately, just recently and asked me, I don't understand what's going to happen to these sleeves because it's kind of non-intuitive the first time you do it. it it's that you knit across. completely non-intuitive. It's yeah. origami magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you knit across these stitches that are usually either the front or the back of your sweater. And then it says separate you know, X number of stitches onto waste yarn and then join in the round and keep knitting. And all of a sudden you have this little loop or tube of knitting mm -hmm. that's oh my gosh that's a sleeve and then you knit across the back and then you do it again for the other sleeve and I remember the first time doing it not understanding at all what was happening Agreed. so yes yeah and you just kind of got to go with yeah, it yeah I commonly like to tell people that what you're doing is you're separating and I think I mentioned this with my Annabelle you're separating into three tubes basically although the sleeves mm -hmm. of course won't feel like tubes because they're they're going to feel flat until you knit a couple more rounds down on the body and then they really become tubes and I often at this point like to knit a couple more rounds on the body before I try it on as well yeah but yes you're separating into three tubes and you're going to knit down ultimately on all the three tubes and it works that way for raglan top downs it works that way for circular yoke top downs sometimes true, yeah. for set in sleeves there will be some weird not weird but unique shaping mm -hmm. before you separate for yeah. the sleeves and in some cases you might bind off those stitches instead of putting them onto scrap yarn and i've done many sweaters like that where you bind off the stitches and then you pick up yeah to do the sleeve and knit down yeah, from there. That so there be, are variations on this. That will be more of a probably a drop shoulder design and mm -hmm. think of something like a boxy where you would bind off and then you won't have to put those stitches on holders but you will still come to a place once your body stitches are separated where you can, again, try that on in the same way. Yeah, and the advantage of knitting a few rows of body before you try it on is if you just try it on immediately after separating for sleeves, you don't have any tension or solidity underneath the arms because typically when you separate for sleeves, you also cast on some sleeves where the underarm of the sweater is. Some because stitches. Yeah, sorry. Yes, you cast on some <laughs> stitches. <laughs> sorry about that. So w then when you go to try it on, if you haven't solidified those stitches with a few more rows of knitting, they just stretch and they don't hold their shape. So you can't get a sense of if the sweater's really fitting properly or not. Right. Yeah. So that's a very important step is to knit a couple extra rows. And then if you are knitting a raglan from the bottom up, you actually knit your three tubes separately. So if you're knitting a raglan from the bottom up, you're going to have knit your body tube and then put that down, follow the instructions to knit two sleeves, two more tubes, and you're gonna have 
three tubes already knit at that point, and the, there will be instructions for knitting across the body back, knitting across the stitches of one sleeve, knitting across the front, and then knitting across the stitches of the second sleeve, knitting all of those stitches onto one needle, and then ultimately knitting your yoke with decreases at that point. And those first few rows of knitting all of those together, Gail's making a face because yes, they are awful and they're tight and they're difficult and they look fine once you've knit them, but Mm -hmm. it's just a really, to me, it's very awkward to knit across those stitches because they're tight and you're trying to get around and you're knitting across the circular tube of the sleeve and it's it's difficult and it's but doable (laughs) i should say it's totally doable that's there are a lot of very nice patterns that are written that way so i don't i'm not trying to scare you off of it because I have some very nice sweaters that were knit that way. It's just going to be a little awkward knitting those first few rounds. Once you start getting into the decrease rounds, it gets easier, of course, because you have fewer and fewer stitches on the needle each row or each round. But it's it's just awkward. And every sweater construction has a point where something is awkward. <laughs> That's true. And but there's something that everybody doesn't like and there's a there's a style that that everybody doesn't like. So you learn to work through these things just like me. But the thing that I don't like is I don't like picking up those button band stitches on a completed yep. sweater. So everybody's got something that they don't like. <laughs> but I also recommend for someone's first sweater I don't. I wouldn't say a bottom-up raglan yeah. is going to be the best bet for a first sweater because you also can't try it on as easily. Yeah, that's true too. So that's true. Yeah. So yeah, and there are other sleeve constructions that you can try on. What was the one? There was another one that you tried that you didn't like as much. Oh, contiguous. The contiguous sleeve construction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's lots of other ones, and. Elizabeth Doherty has the sleeve construction top down that she's written about in her book. And you can also try that one on after. And that one's a different way of picking up stitches. So there's lots Mm -hmm. of different ways that you can knit top down and still try it on. Yep. So that was just a little overview of the joy of separating for sleeves. Just go with it. Yeah. (laughs) It really is. And then just a brief mention, if you're knitting a sweater that's in pieces and your sleeve is knit separately, so you'll have two sleeve pieces and maybe a front and a back, the only thing you can really do to try, aside from holding it up to you or pinning your pieces together, is perhaps you hold it up to another garment that's made similarly to to check the size. That's pretty much the only thing you can do at that point. Or sometimes people will make a pattern piece of the size that they're trying to achieve and then they can hold their knitting up to that. That's that's another thing that's possible. Yeah. But yeah, uh, if you're knitting in pieces, you have to pin it together to try it on. 
much more challenging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you can get beautiful sweaters that you way too. You absolutely it's just not as easy can. To try yeah, on. But yeah. You absolutely can. So yep. I don't want to say that there's anything wrong with that because I knit a lot of sweaters and pieces when I started knitting. <laughs> yeah, that's the way most of them were written. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting to see how over the years that we have been knitting, pattern writing and garment construction, I feel, has really gotten more imaginative because I I feel like a lot of patterns years ago were written more like sewing patterns with uh, garments knit in pieces and then put together the way sewing patterns are mm-hmm. and designers have gotten just more creative and I think they've taken really taken advantage of the fact that with knitting you can put a garment together in one piece where whereas you can't necessarily do that with sewing patterns so they've i think designers have taken advantage of something that you can do in knitting and have started creating patterns taking advantage of that fact which is very cool definitely yeah it's very cool so Separating Sleeves, School of Knit. Yep, there we go. And so we're going to wrap up this episode by wrapping up the self-indulgent knit-along. So we have the Colors of Fall knit-along starting later this month. So we're wrapping up the self-indulgent knit-along. And I am so happy. There were 458 finished projects. Lots of finished projects. Very fun, you guys. And... I scrolled through every single one again because people have been adding to their original right. posts. So there were some things that I hadn't seen. And if you haven't seen the Lovebirds sweater by Kate Oates, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to knit that. Chatty Kathy knitted it and it's adorable. Check it out. Shirley, I you're will. Love I'll it. go back and it's I'll have super to do that cute. too. Yeah. And now I want to knit Shifty also, the sweater by Andrea Mowry. Oh, yeah. These are the ones that you see the pattern page and you're like, yeah, it's cool. And then you see someone knit it in this like extraordinary color combination or whatever. And you just have to knit exactly like they did. It makes such a difference seeing people's Mm -hmm. projects. It really does. Yeah. And for all of you who are doing the blanket knit along, there's a blanket called the Star Eyed Julep Throw that Kathleen, who is Craft Buzz, knit for the knit along. That is amazing it is so pretty and so graphic it's it's incredible so if you're looking at blankets the star-eyed julep throw is amazing so we had five prizes left to give and we had 205 posts so i did random number generator from two to 205 and the first two prizes are patterns from brenda castile who is good stuff on ravelry and the first winner is post number 107, who is Tricot a lot, Lori, and she knit an Imagine When shawl and two winter weekend socks, two pairs of socks, not just two socks. And Lori, you get to pick one of Brenda's patterns. And the second winner of a Brenda pattern is post 24, Pico Crafter, who is Amy from the UK. And she knit a true color shawl that is so pretty. 
and an easy bulky sweater for her daughter. That was another thing. I was so impressed with the pri the gifts that people knit for this knit along. So many knits for children and loved ones and husbands. It was great. So Amy knit a sweater for her daughter. And then Brenda Castile also is going to give away a skein of yarn from her stash. So the winner gets to pick their three favorites of fingering weight yarn from Brenda's stash. Again, she's good stuff on Ravelry. And pick your three favorites, and Brenda will send you one of your three favorites. Cool. And the winner of that was post number 19, T. Simple Kelly, who is Lynn. And she knit a bunch of slush hats with the Malabrigo Caracol yarn, that super thick, bulky yarn that has like an a wrap of black over it. Oh, yeah. And they're really cool hats. Really cool. So congratulations, Lynn. The next one is the yarn bowl that is a work of art from Mary's husband. And Mary is Coney Hot Dog on Ravelry. Her husband is a woodworker and he makes amazing wood bowls. And this goes to post number 135, Tammy Susie, who is Tamar. And she knit Hermione's everyday socks with awesome color heels and toes and an overcast hat and the Misu sweater which is really cool I don't think I'd ever seen it before it's really cool but I think it's all rib ribbing and I'm not an all-around ribbing knitter kind of person but it's a really cool sweater and then the last prize this is from Stephanie who is a listener and her Ravel name is Knit My Serenity and this is a skein of yarn that you can only get through her local yarn shop in Lansing, Michigan. And the dyer is Ice Melons Stash. And this is a skein of Desmo sock in the colorway. My other ride is a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> so gotta love that. And the winner of that is post number 25, Jean M13. And she knit the Adriana Tank. So congratulations to everybody who won a prize throughout the extended knit along for self-indulgence and congratulations to all of you who have beautiful projects. I mean, there are some amazing works of art yes, that came out are. of this knit along. So thank you so much for knitting along with us and we'll start up again for Colors of Fall in just a couple Yay. weeks. Yay. All right. Well, that was it. Thank you everybody for joining us and happy knitting. Yes. Happy knitting, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley. 